Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to the Save Your Sanity live stream. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. I'm so glad that you're here, and I am so looking forward to discussing this topic with you. And as usual, let me just say a few things as we start. You can always find me at forrelationshiphelp.com, and you will also be able to support the podcast if you find value here by going to patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. You can pledge a dollar, five dollars a month or ten if you like um, to make sure that you show appreciation for what you've received here, but even more to make sure it's here for other people and to support the work. So I hope you'll do that. Patreon.com slash save your sanity. And so we're going to be talking tonight about a really big issue. And you know that I've done hundreds of episodes now, which you can find at forrelationshiphelp.com and just click on the podcasts button. But, you know, this is something that we really need to talk about a little bit more. And so I want to talk about, oops, are you enabling a narcissist and give you some steps to stopping? Because we hear a lot about this term enabling And we talk about codependence, we throw these terms all around. But what does that really mean outside of the addiction world? What does that mean when we're talking about hijackles? And hijackles, of course, for those who have not heard me before, that's my term for the relentlessly difficult people who hijack relationships for their own purposes and then scavenge them for power, status, and control. So I talk about hijackles a lot so we don't have to use clinical definitions. And that's an important distinction, too, because I don't know how many people on the call are actually clinicians and mental health practitioners who could actually make a diagnosis, but most people are not. So let's just talk about the patterns, traits, and cycles, and behaviors, and call them hijackles and hijackle behaviors. It just makes everything a whole lot easier. So are you enabling a narcissist? It's not about blame. Don't think for a minute that this is about blame. This is about awareness. This is about becoming aware of how you might be enabling a narcissist, and you might never have even thought about it. So one thing we know for sure, and this is very important, that narcissists and other hijackles are takers. If we divide the world into givers and takers, hijackles and narcissists, sociopaths, psychopaths, all those folks, they in the hijackal world are takers. They want to take as much as they can. They want to take more than you want to give. And then they make you wrong for not giving them enough. Does that sound familiar to you? 
And it's because narcissists and other hijackals are takers. Now, what happens in the relationship is that they like to look for a giver and they like to look for an overgiver. Someone who will bend over backwards to help them, someone who will be there for them, someone who will make excuses for their behavior. They'll understand, they'll go the extra mile. They will uh, give them the benefit of the doubt. They will always be on their side. They'll be loyal. All of those things they really want. So if you're a giver, and maybe even an overgiver, because you learned how to do that when you were in, in your your own home when you were young, then you are going to find that hijackals are drawn to you because you're already groomed for doing exactly what they want you to do is to be way too ready to give too much. And yes, healthy people do that. We give people the benefit of the doubt. We go the extra mile. We understand compromise. We understand reciprocity. You know, I talk all the time about episode 115, the three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship, equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. So we want that. And if we were raised in a situation where we saw that modeled, it'll be easier for us. But if we weren't, we might get a little taken in and bend over a little too far in somebody's direction in order to become a giver and maybe occasionally an overgiver. So we want to be clear about that. And a giver and a healthy person can be the same thing, but you have to have boundaries. And you have to know where the edges are. And you have to know where you won't go beyond. So one of the things that hijackals want you to do for them, narcissists want you to do for them, is to rationalize their behavior. Oh, you know, he or she is just under a whole lot of stress right now. And they're really finding their, their job difficult. Oh, well, you can't really expect that anything, but that, that person is not well. They're not feeling well. Well, they had a bad life. You know, they had a poor childhood. They had trauma. Do you know if everybody who had a poor childhood and had trauma were not working and were relying on someone else to do so much for them? the world would be in a terribly upside-down state. Healthy people understand that they've gone through things. They get help. I mean, I have clients all over the world, and they know that they want help. They know that they need help. And you can get that help from me if you want it at beaclient.com. That's my introductory offer for a one-hour session for new clients, beaclient.com. They want... They want to find somebody who is willing to go that extra mile. That looks like they might cave a little bit. They might rationalize. And so if you find yourself rationalizing the behavior of someone, that hijackal in your life, you may find yourself in that situation where you're overgiving. And after a while, what happens? You feel resentment. Of course you do. And then, you know, if you've raised a good person and you feel resentment, then you start beating yourself up like, why I shouldn't feel resentment. I'm not a very good person. And, you know, I was giving and why should I feel resentment about that? And you have to watch for that kind of thing because that's a double whammy in the wrong direction. If you're rationalizing the poor behaviors of somebody, 
You don't want to double down on that. You don't want to do that. And again, too, if you're justifying their behaviors, if you say, well, you know, you can't really expect much more. Think of what kind of a childhood this person had, or you can't expect someone to do that. You know, they suffer from whatever it is that you have them suffer from, or, you know, they've always had to fend for themselves. And and I, I just really feel that the best thing for me to do is just be there for them and be solid and stable. And just a little word, if you think that you can provide all the love and attention, patience, wonder, joy, validation, everything that a hijackal did not get before they met you, stop thinking that. You can't do that. You didn't break this person and you can't fix them. You need to be thinking about you. So if you're justifying their behavior, then you are enabling them to stay in that behavior. Now, when you're with a healthy person, of course, we all have ups and downs, and that's where we learn to justify. But if we are bending over backward and find ourselves justifying far too often, and we don't even feel right about justifying because the whole behavior seems off, that's a red flag, isn't it? And we always want to be aware of the red flags. We always want to be aware of them. Because those are the things we need to notice when they fly. And the third thing you might be doing is making excuses for their behavior. Any excuses for their behavior. Make something up. If you are making things up and you're trying to smooth things over and you're trying to keep the peace and you're getting your exercise by walking on eggshells around a hijackal, stop. It's not a good idea. It's not healthy. It is not helping. It may keep the peace. It may keep them from abusing you. It may keep them from making snide comments about you. But it is not helping. And why isn't it helping? Well, it's just keeping you from confronting the behaviors. It's keeping you in a fog of, Oh, well, maybe if I just love them enough or are patient enough or quiet enough or make fewer demands or whatever, then everything will be fine. No, it won't because it's not about you. They are trying to keep you spinning, taking care of them and to keep you in uncertainty and chaos. And that's how you will become an enabler for a narcissist. So you need to Understand that confrontation is not a four-letter word. Confrontation means that I will put up front a difference of opinion. And we need to know how to confront. And we need to know um, what we want and what we no longer want. So let's look at what it means to enable, because that's important. And these are from the Oxford Dictionary. Enable means to give someone authority or the means to do something. So basically, you're shoring them up. Even though you don't like their behavior, you're helping them do more of it. And so you are. that's when we say you are enabling them. But an enabler is a person who makes something possible. So if you make it possible for them to continue in their poor behavior, you are enabling them. An enabler also is a person who encourages or enables negative or self-destructive behavior in another person. So when you are telling the children, 
oh, be quiet. Don't want to upset your father. Oh, be quiet. You know, daddy's most important. Or, you know, don't upset mommy. Whatever direction it's going, whomever the hijackal might be, you are beginning to enable them because you are enabling that negative or that destructive behavior. And that's really important to notice. Do you get how subtle this can be? And yet, once you uncover it, it's just right there in plain sight that you're making it possible for the person to behave badly. That's what it means to enable them. And when we're talking about enabling an addiction, we're talking about removing the natural or the healthy or the appropriate consequences of an addictive behavior. Now, hijackles are addicted to, they're addicted to power, status, and control. So it's not really very different. And they need their fixes. Now, you've heard me say before that hijackles paint a public picture of perfection and at home provide a private place of pain. So they put on a good face when they go out. They make nice at work. They think the community thinks they're wonderful and the pillar of the community and the salt of the earth. And at home, they are difficult, if not despicable. And the contrast is huge. And you start asking yourself, what am I, chopped liver? They behave like that out there, and at home they behave so badly. What is going on? Why is this possible? Have you had that conversation with yourself? Well, you know what I'm talking about then. So this addiction to power and status and control is usually played out at home. And that's why if you were in a home and raised in a home where there was a hijackal parent, these dynamics are comfortably uncomfortable to you, and it will make you more susceptible to being in a relationship in your adult life with someone who is also a hijackal. So that's why I've written articles like the 12 lies your narcissistic mother told you about who you are, things like that, so that you can, there's also a podcast about that. And so you can really spend some time understanding that this is where it comes from, or one of the places it may have come from. And maybe you just got broadsided. Maybe you had a perfectly fine upbringing and you were raised to be a wonderful human being. And they take advantage of you. They dance on your good nature and they wear you down, beat you down, put you down. And you keep giving and giving and giving until you're exhausted. Absolutely exhausted. That happens. And you may be exhausted right at this moment. And maybe this is all a good reminder of what's really going on. So as I was preparing to do this for you tonight, this quote came to me, and this is, it came to me to say, it's not someone else's, it's mine, but enabling is helping that really hurts. So it hurts the situation, it hurts you, it doesn't help the other person either. So everybody is being hurt by this. Everybody. Enabling hurts everybody. It hurts you because you turn into a doormat 
or you're anxious, or you have chronic stress, or you're running as fast as you can trying to please somebody, and you're exhausted, and you're confused, and you're uncertain, and you're abused, and there isn't any of those three must-haves of a healthy relationship, no equality, no reciprocity, no mutuality, none of those things are available to you, so it's hurting you. And yes, it does hurt the hijackal because they continuously get away with this behavior. And it hurts them because they they just keep feeling angry when it isn't available to them. And so they, they get demanding. And as they get demanding, they're always in anger. They're always on the edge of it. So it hurts them too. And in return, of course, that hurts you more. And it allows them to still believe that they can continue abusing. And just to be funny, you have to disabuse them of that idea. They cannot abuse you. They must not abuse you. But you cannot enable them to abuse you either. And it hurts them because they still believe they're powerful and the smartest person in the room, the master puppeteer, and they think they're running the show and nobody knows. And that's hurtful to them. And of course, it hurts the children if you have children, because this is the only experience they have of family. If they're little, they, this is family to them. They don't know other people's families. It's not until children go to school and go visiting other people and start to see how other family dynamics work that they may have a contrast to what's going on in the home. So it, it damages the children and it hurts the children because hijackals have children for three reasons. They want to have humans around them that agree with them, who serve them, and who make them look good. I know it sounds terrible, but that's what they want from their children. The children will agree with them, will serve them, do their bidding, and they will make them look good. That's why you find that dynamic when you have a hijackal parent who has, um, maybe it's a male hijackal, and honestly believes that, you know, real men all play sports. And they happen to have a son who's not interested in sports. And so that makes the hijackal feel that they don't look good. They should have a son who's interested in sports. And so they then turn on the child and make them a scapegoat of their anger. And the child just can't win because they cannot make the parent look good in the way the parent wants to be made look made to look good. So that becomes another topic for another time. But it's important to note that, that when you're enabling, it's hurting everybody. And that might be something to keep in mind when you're figuring out what to do. People ask me all the time, should I leave? I say, I don't know. Every situation is different. The age of the children, the financial nature, the degree of the abuse, how the abuse is being handled at the time. Is it situational or is it circumstantial or is it personality driven? So many factors, which is why it's good for us to talk. And remember, you can go to beaclient.com if you want to talk. And we haven't talked before. So you have to ask yourself the question, how do I enable? Well, one of the ways that I do this, and I have a little list I found from a woman named Julie Hall, and she's on the website Narcissist Family Ties, and she gave us five ways that we can know we're enabling. One, 
is by accepting the person's view of reality. So if you buy into the other person's view of reality, even though inside yourself you're going, oh no, that's not the way it is. If you buy into that, then you are enabling it. Another way you enable it is that you don't stand up to the abuse. You don't say what it is. You don't have boundaries. Or another way, this is a big one, that you go behind and hide or clean up their messes. Or you apologize for them and for their behavior. And you find yourself doing that quite frequently. Or maybe you will end up joining in the hijackle and blame other people for everything. So these are ways in which we enable this behavior to continue, these dynamics to continue, these relationships to continue. And they're so unsatisfying, aren't they? And they're exhausting. So you want to empower yourself. And I want to give you some ways to steps to stopping enabling. This is important for us to have in our playbook. We need to know how to stop enabling. Now, this is not an exhaustive list by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a start. And that's what I wanted to offer you. So the first thing, and this is internal work, is to examine what you were told in childhood. Were you told to give people the benefit of the doubt or go the extra mile or what good people do or give until it hurts or... um, and live from compassion and have no judgment, or it's always an, a good thing to do to compromise. Now, in healthy relationships, those things can be absolutely wonderful. But if you find yourself in a relationship that I described earlier in the podcast, a toxic relationship, then you need to understand that all bets are off. This is not going to help. Those good person rules will not work to help you stop enabling a hijackal or a narcissist. So another step, ask yourself, journal it. Who taught me that? Who taught me to be that good person? And were they in a healthy relationship? Were they actually in a healthy relationship? See, so So infrequently when we're kids and when we're teenagers, do we stop and reflect back, where did I get these ideas or what was installed inside me before I even had language? You know, when I was little, I was aware, taking it all in. I may not have had words for it, but I got it and it went into my body. And we don't often go back and reflect. Like we have things that we believe are true. And when we stop and go back and say, well, Was that person who told me that actually living a good life, a happy life? Were they in a healthy relationship? If they told me to do all those things, to go the extra mile and all of that, was it working for them? So who taught me that? And what did I see in operation when I was young? So where did I actually cement those things into my being? Another step to stopping is, Ask yourself, do you actually feel and accord yourself the right to feel equal to other humans? Now, that's big because you want to say yes right away. 
But maybe deep down inside, there's a little reticent, not so much. Maybe I, I always have a little, a little feeling like maybe I'm not quite up to everybody else. And if that's the case, a hijackle loves that. They just love that because they can dance on that nerve. And they can continuously make you feel not good enough. So the step to stopping is to ask yourself, in what way am I possibly not equal to others? And where did I get that idea? And if you need help, get it. Like I said, I'm always here. Go to beaclient.com. Get help from a local therapist. Do something about it. But once you understand that things that you were given as kind of the rules for living or what good people do or how relationships are in your growing up years, do not necessarily happen to be the ones that you want to accept now on examination. So ask yourself, do you feel equal to others? Because that's a piece of work that you can do within yourself. It has nothing to do with the hijackal. They will not like the result of it, but that's the whole point. It will help you to stop enabling them, and it will bring you front and center in your own life, which is a very healthy thing to do. So here's a fourth step. Do you know yourself well enough to be able to say what you need, want, think, feel, prefer, and are you willing to speak up? Or do you take what you get? Or, well, it's all right if it's not top really what I wanted, or other people should always go first. Or it's all right, I, I don't mind taking a back seat. But you find yourself in that back seat way too much. So a step to stopping enabling a narcissist is to be able to clearly state what you think, feel, need, want, and prefer. And accord yourself that right. You're not trotting on anybody else's rights to be able to say, this is what I prefer, this is what I need, this is what I want. All I'm doing is talking about myself. You know, in my book, Kaizen for Couples, I talk about my formula for the personal weather report. It's the second most important thing I can teach anybody. I firmly believe that. And I, I really invite you to read it. Here's the book. Here's what it looks like. Kaizen for Couples, Smart Steps to Save, Sustain, and Strengthen Your Relationship. And chapters six and seven are about the personal weather report. So grab a copy. It's on Amazon. But you need to take a step to stopping enabling. And you need to know who you are and what you value and what your vision for your life is and what you really believe and that you have the right to those things, and you also have the right to express them. You know, my definition of, of assertiveness is to believe that you deserve to take up space and draw breath on this earth, and therefore you have the right to say what you think, feel, need, want, and prefer, as long as you do not mention another human by name or pronoun. That's my definition of assertiveness. So become assertive but not assertive without clarity. Get really clear who you are. All right, here's number five, another step to stopping enabling. State things no matter what the reaction is. You can learn to use that personal weather report generally or specifically. You can say when someone says something you don't like or agree with, you can say, 
oh, that's not the way I remember it. Or, no, that actually isn't what I think. And you just learn to say things in a neutral way that begin to empower you to speak up. You're not being controversial, although they may feel you are because they're hijackles, but you know you're not. You are simply claiming your space. No, that's not what I remember. No, actually, that's not what I want. No, I really wouldn't like Thai food tonight. No, whatever it is, know that you have the right to say that. And then the sixth step to stop enabling is to set those boundaries that I spoke about and set boundaries that have consequences. You know, it's always nice in, in the healthy relationships, you can set a boundary and the other person is probably going to respect it and you're going to have a decent conversation and you're going to grow in emotional intimacy. But with a hijackal, when you set a boundary, they're like, who do you think you are? I run this show. Who do you think you are speaking up or having a need or saying something so direct as all that? No, 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 no. So you have to practice that. And many times with the hijackle, that boundary has to come with a consequence. Don't ever set a boundary you're not willing to maintain, though. No threatening boundaries. They have to be real. You know, if this does not stop, I will do X. You know, it's that business of saying to your kids, if you don't stop that, you're grounded for three weeks. And then they don't stop. And then you find you're grounded for three weeks or else you don't make the three weeks last and you wonder why they don't listen to you anymore. Same thing with the hijackal. Same thing will happen. So set boundaries. And maybe the final boundary of all is if such and such doesn't change, in this way, be very, very clear, I will remove myself from the relationship. Now, they don't like that at all because you're their supply. So one of two things will happen. They'll either love bomb you and, and turn around to be that charming person you met in the first place, or else they'll rage. How dare you? Who do you think you are? But do it anyway. If you come to the place where you know that this is the last straw, make sure it is the last straw if it gets disrespected. And number seven, make yourself and your time a priority. A hijacker will keep you as busy as they possibly can doing things for them, involved with them, thinking about them, taking care of them. And you need to carve out your own time. And you need to be able to say to a hijacker, no, actually, I'm busy at that time. I'm doing something for myself. Now, they don't like that either, but you need to be able to do it. And, you know, I did mention episode 115. Make sure you're really familiar with that, the three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship. Really get it so it's sitting in your mind. Is what's going on here equal, reciprocal, and mutual? And if it is not, which it never will be with a hijackal, then you can clearly see it. And of course, as I said earlier, I'm always here to help you because you may need help to do this, especially if you had a hijackal parent, because it's really hard to sift and sort all these things out if you had a hijackal parent, because getting into a hijackal relationship, of course, is what you're most likely to do. At least the first two or three times. Sometimes I've had clients who have been with five or six hijackals before they really 
woke up and smelled the herbal tea, <laughs> said, I don't want this anymore. I see it for what it is now, and I don't want it. I do not want it. And so then they're ready to take steps. And maybe this has helped you tonight. I hope it has. Get some clarity about enabling and ways that you may be enabling and how you can stop. Because you can stop. May not stop on a dime. Maybe stop very slowly, very deliberately, very consciously. But you can stop. And that's what's important, to know that you can. And you can take those small steps to stopping. And you will feel empowered. You will feel good about that. So I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. This is the Save Your Sanity podcast. I'm so glad you're here. And until we speak again, take very good care of yourself. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.